Donald looking to pass the football. Throws in the middle. Pass is cut. Touchdown, Kansas City. Touchdown, Chiefs. Touchdown, Chiefs. Damon Hughes puts the bullet over the middle from Steve Bono. First and 10 for the Chiefs at the 14 of the Steelers. Halfback pass. Marcus Allen right side. Touchdown, Kansas City. Damon Hughes from Marcus Allen. Expert analysis, news, and views. From Chiefs Radio Network color analyst, Danon Hughes. This so-called number one defense in the NFL that hadn't played anybody during the last part of the season. And we showed who was the best team on this field and deserved to host another AFC championship for four straight years. But you can call him D-Nice. Just call me D-Nice. Dana Hughes, Chiefs color analyst, joining us here on 610 Sports Radio, back safely from uh, from Houston. Normally joins us at 830, and we were a little concerned yeah. that we had not heard from you, so I'm glad you're back. Were you looking for chiefs down there in Houston? Everything all right with you? <laughs> yeah, I'm all right. No no, uh, yeah, I wasn't the getaway driver or anything like that, so <laughs> I'm good. Good. That's we good. were a little, we were a, we That's were a good. little concerned about that. Do you think uh, you think we'll survive here in Chiefs Kingdom without this guy? Uh, yeah, I think we will. It'll be it'll be uh, tough. I know there'll be a lot of what candle vigils and all that stuff. So, but we'll we'll make it. Yeah, we will. We'll make it through. All right. Um, will we make it through without seeing Carl Cheffers again at a game? Man, this this is tough because you have to believe that the NFL recognizes that, and I'm sure there are some discrepancies with different crews with different teams, and it just seems to to line up that way and you never want to get into a situation where you are totally blaming officials for any win or loss, but like, it's clear, like it's clear. There is a a true discrepancy when it comes to his crew and a chief's game. I mean, I, I saw that we've had what 10 penalties in two games and it was both with him. Like, I feel like if you're the NFL and if you care about integrity of the game, which that's up that's debatable i mean when you consider how the how uh the officiating is and some of the calls that are made and some of the things that you can and cannot review um the integrity of the game is in flux uh i feel like and you guys may have seen on twitter like i feel like there's more there's more emphasis on finding guys and taking money than there is on the actual integrity of the game during the game they'd rather to me if you don't get a flag in the game there should not be a fine and uh that would alleviate some of the integrity but at the same time there's ways that the college college um football does things right with reviews and that the nfl refuses to uh because of their ego and uh you come into situations like this where it's pretty pretty clear cut that there's an axe to grind against the Chiefs for whatever reason. And I thought it was, and I even said it during the broadcast, I thought it was pretty darn clear uh, the leadership on this team at the highest level on the field, Andy Reid, handled that game as well as you could possibly handle that game. And if you watch his mannerisms on the sidelines, when all the players were complaining about the flags, he kind of kept it even keel. And that that's something that we should be proud of in the Chiefs kingdom, that we have a coach that's not going to blow blow up at the officials on, on any given Sunday just because things are going against him. He had to be the calming force for this team in order for them to get back on track and get that W. 
and uh, that happened. But clearly, I mean, sometimes these are like fan initiated things, you know, we're like, oh, we don't like blah, blah, blah. Right. We're, they're going against us. But clearly this is in the heads of the players too. I mean, that's, that's a tough spot to be in. Yeah, it is because there are people that think that one call or two calls don't make a game. Well, they actually do depending on what call it is and where it happens, if it's against your defense and it's on third down, then you start a whole new first down. That's another one minute plus at minimum that Patrick Mahomes doesn't have the ball. That's another opportunity to flip the field. And now instead of punting from what possibly could have been the 30 yard line, you may be punting from the 40 yard line. Now you open the door for possible fakes and nailing the ball inside the 10-yard line. Now your offense has to move the ball 95-plus yards instead of maybe 75 yards. So the, 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 the thought that one play doesn't affect the game from a player's perspective is ridiculous. It absolutely does. So when you have players out there flailing their hands, trying to get calls, wondering why calls are going against them but not for them, uh, it takes away one from the integrity of the game and you have to be a professional and I get it. And there's a fine line uh, where you have to put it behind you and just play football. But the other aspect is very rarely do you have blowouts in NFL games. And so games are going to come down to one possession, maybe two possessions, like 10 points or less. And those calls matter. And when you're not getting them, and you're seeing situations like we saw with the commanders and the Giants where the official gives him the thumbs up that he's on the line of scrimmage, then grabs his flag and throws it, that obviously mattered. That's one play that took away from an opportunity to win a football game. Uh, that's, a, that's a clear example. Never mind the things that we experienced in our game uh, against the Houston Texans. And to come into the game, let's remember, we came into the game third in the league with the least penalties. So how do you, and you're playing against a one and 11 and one team. Mm-hmm. So how do you get more than double the penalties of a one 11 and one team when you came in the game top three in having the most penalties, like bad teams usually commit penalties more than good teams. We're a good team. So it just doesn't line up. Well, at 22% of the penalties this year have been called in the two games that Carl Cheffers is refereeing. The NFL has to take a look at that and go, all right, we got a Cheffers problem. Yeah, I believe it. And then we we talked about it in the first game. What was that, the Raiders game when yeah, it happened? When, when he cried, yes. Yeah, and the how he was ignoring Andy Reid on the sideline. And I had never seen that from an officiating crew where they just stood on the opposite end of the field away from the coach and not even giving him an opportunity to voice his his displeasure or at least have a chat about it. Uh, It was totally disrespectful. And then I saw it again this week uh, when when, uh, Andy Reid, when uh, there was calls made and he and his crew stayed on the side or near the sideline of the Houston Texans. And I'm like, there's got to be some force some leader in uh, the officiating in the NFL that has a, a conference call or something on Monday and like, dude, you can't do that. Like the optics don't look right. Whether or not it's within the rules, well, I'm not saying that they have to do it, but the optics do not look right when you have the, you know, one of the greatest coaches, the longest tenured coach in the NFL 
that you should be given some regard to that he's not a you know he's not a Todd Haley on the sideline. He's not going to be throwing his headset at you. He's not going to be cussing you out. He just wants to chat with you, and you can't even give him the respect to go over there and just listen. Right. Just hear him out. You can't change the flag. Just hear him out. So, Dana, in a situation like that, then doesn't like the burden then fall to Josh as the sideline reporter to get the ref over there? Like, shouldn't he walk out on the field and <laughs> hey, say, "Hey, hey, hey Chaz, get over hey, here and talk to Andy. Go talk to Coach." That's what I was thinking. I'm glad you put it out there. I didn't want to throw Josh under the bus, but since you did it first, yeah, uh, you know, I, I'd say yeah. I mean, a, a really, really good sideline reporter that's on top of things. He would, he would go and you know. Drag him over there. Yeah, I, I, agree. I don't know why he doesn't do that. Maybe next season they'll yeah. find one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Damon Hughes, <laughs> cheese color analyst, joining us uh, after the last uh, couple of weeks, probably really. Uh, any cause for uh, concerns for you? Uh, yeah, I think what we have to realize about this team, and this is a reality check week because you're coming down the stretch. Uh, there are several teams that have tougher schedules than you, and this is definitely a window of time where you can – let everybody know that you are a great team, but we're not a great team yet. We're a really good team. We aspire to be great. We've seen greatness from this organization in recent years. So we know what great looks like. And we're just a really good team playing good football right now, playing winning football right now. So if the objective is just to win another AFC West title, like we just did, if the objective is to host another playoff game, which we will, then great being a really good team, being a good team is okay, but that's not the goal. So my concern is utilizing these last three games to become great, to be, to get that momentum moving towards the playoffs where greatness is, um, you know, is needed. And so when we are minus six in the giveaway takeaway, you know, even though we had the big turnover to get the win, like, we got to flip that. And to me, we've seen this before where we've been able to have stretches at the end of the season where we've been able to turn the table on the giveaway takeaway. And I feel like these three games, it's absolutely necessary for us to do so. And um, and then just carry that kind of aura. Like, we felt like in the past years, even when we lost last year and when we lost to the Patriots prior to that, there was there was an aura about this team that you felt like, oh, you know, it's, it's, it's almost a guarantee that we're going to make it to the Super Bowl. And I want to, I want to feel that aura about this team again. And I feel like this stretch will be able to kind of allow us to climb above. I believe that the bills will lose likely to the Bengals. um, And then we will have that path for another year where the Super Bowl champion has to come through Arrowhead Stadium. So I have high hopes, high expectations. I think everybody should, um, justifiably so. But there are some concerns along the way that I think we can clear clean up over these next three weeks. Yeah, clean up those fumbles, clean up. I don't even know about the penalties because I don't know what penalties are real and which ones are Cheffers. Yeah. And, and so, you know, but, but for me, just clean up the turnovers, man, and we're going to be just fine. Yeah, the turnovers are key. I'd like to see more interceptions, um, uh, but the turnovers are key. I, and I, even during the broadcast, I talked about the strip, and I was glad that Frank Clark was able to get his hand in there. But I watched everybody else, even the Houston Texans, when every time we had a ball carrier go to the ground, their guy was trying to rip the ball out. Sometimes they rip the ball out after the whistle, which is fine. That's not a, a penalty. 
that's just a habit. And I, I'd like to see our guys get in that same habit of it's always about getting the ball. It's not about just making the tackle. You watch special teams more than anybody. How about shoring all of those up before the postseason? What would be your keys to that? Yeah, I mean, how how interesting is it? You seen the back and forth with Colquitt and Townsend on Twitter, and and I'm sure there's some meat on the bone in regards to what Colquitt said, and I understand what Townsend said as well. But if there has to be some kind of inconsistency that's going on, either with the spot, with the spin of the ball, or just the confidence. Uh, that you're having from Harrison Butker that the ball will be where it needs to be the way it needs to be there so he can kick the ball. You don't want to have those thoughts going through your head when you're trying a 50-yard field goal. So there's some things that can be shored up. Maybe it's a reality check because now the the eyes are on you, Tommy Townsend, to place the spot and have it right. Uh, also, the spin. I mean, you guys have been around Kendall Gammon, a great long snapper for years. Mm-hmm. You know, he knew how many rotations it took to get back to the holder and how the holder was going to catch the ball and how much the, the ball needed to spin after he held it. There was there's great continuity in that. It's not just about the snap, the hold. It's about the placement and how the ball is caught. So tightening those screws there. Uh, I think is important, and then our return game. We haven't we've been pretty much non-existent in our return game, and I'd like to see that be the extra jolt uh, for this team going into the playoffs. So yeah, there's some there's some screws that need to be tightened. Special teams as well, defense, offense, uh, but you don't have to be the best right now. You just have to be the best in the second week of January. That's exactly right. Before we let you get out of here, what is the dumbest play you've ever been a part of? And does anything rival how dumb the Patriots are? (laughs) How crazy is it that, you know, with all the the accolades and, and justifiably so the greatness of Bill Belichick, that he will be associated with the dumbest play ever in, in the history of the NFL. I know, right? Like you would have never thought you have thought, okay, maybe the Detroit lions or, or somebody like that, but never would you think that the new England Patriots would now take the crown of the dumbest play ever in NFL history. And I don't know if there's anything I've ever experienced that was close to that. Not, I mean, penalties, you know, we got in fights, you got helmets ripped off, uh, stuff like that, but nothing, nothing, even, <laughs> nothing even close to, throwing the ball back across your body to a quarterback that can't run in a tie game when all you needed to do was kneel down and go to overtime. Like, I don't know if you can get anything close to that. Fantastic stuff, man. Absolutely (laughs) fantastic play. I'm still watching my mind laughing my ass off. Like what in the hell is this? (laughs) Yeah, it's ridiculous. Oh, it's nuts. Well, you have a a good holiday and uh, we'll see you Christmas Eve out at the old uh, ball game. Yes, you guys have a blessed and Merry Christmas as well and to all the listeners. And we'll be back on Thursday, players only. There you go. Before Christmas, so we'll we'll have some Christmas cheers, barbershop <laughs> and I, for that night. You going to have Chiefs of Holocon or not? Uh, no, no. <laughs> Maybe we'll get a collect call. You get a collect call. We have a collect call from Chiefs of Holocon. Oh, jeez. Jeez. <laughs> Thanks, Danon. Chiefs, right, Chiefs color analyst Danon Hughes joining uh, us here on 610 Sports Radio. 